0: Welcome to Sex Chat for Christian Wives,
1: where four marriage and sex bloggers discuss the naked truth.
2: What does God really want for the sexual intimacy in our marriage?
0: I'm Jay Parker of Hot, Holy, and Humorous.
1: I'm Chris Taylor from The Forgiven Wife.
2: I'm Gay Christmas of Calm, Healthy, Sexy. I'm Bonnie Burns of Oyster Bed 7.
3: Welcome to another episode of Sex Chat for Christian Wives. Over the past two years, we've received a lot of great questions from women and some men who listen to this podcast. To be honest, we've probably received more questions than we'll ever be able to answer. But we're going to tackle as many of them as we can in these listener question episodes and in uh, other upcoming episodes. But for today, we've each picked a question we'd like to discuss. So let's get started.
1: Chris, would you like to begin? Okay, we have a question from a husband, and I've had this question from wives as well. How can we communicate with our husbands? How can a wife communicate with her husband about her body and what feels good to her?
2: You know, I think that there is a great book out there that I've heard about that has practical tips. Isn't there, Jay?
1: Oh, is it the Holy and Humorous book? Yeah, there's that.
0: <laughs> that is a great book I hear.
1: <laughs> and I know the author. She's really funny. And no, that was not a that was not a planned commercial, folks. But They're it was welcome.
0: a love it was a lovely plug. It was a great uh as they put it,
1: shameless plug. There's no there's no shame in promoting each other. There's also no shame in knowing your own body and helping your husband know how to deal with your body. I think that's There's twofold,
0: though, is first of all, kind of learning about your body and so that you know how it works and you know what you like. And then there's the second part of being able to communicate it to him. Um, I think we've talked some on their podcast a few times about kind of getting to know your own body. I think our female anatomy um, episode dealt with some of that as far as communicating. um, I think it depends on what you're communicating If you're wanting a big change, I think that you have those conversations usually away from the bedroom and not while you're engaged in sex. But if you're just wanting to, in the moment, kind of direct him, I think that you can do that non-verbally by, you know, moving his hand or this or that or giving positive feedback. Or you can just speak up and say, I would really like you to touch me here, or it feels really good when you do X, Y, and Z.
1: Or could you do that thing again, like you did last time where you touched me in this way? And that, because that's asking for what you want, but also reaffirming something really good that he did in the past. So it's sort of a, a compliment as well as a request.
3: I think sometimes just based on the way this, husband was asking the question, it sounds like he was looking for kind of basic information or from the beginning information. And so sometimes, you know, you might even have to have a learning session, which could, you know, turn into a lovemaking session. But um, if he is really feeling like there are things he doesn't understand about her body, or she's feeling like there are things she'd really like to tell him, they might want to schedule a time to just explore that with the intent not being initially to make love, but to really try things out for her to show him. Here's things I've learned about my body, um, that kind of thing. An educational session, we'll call Sh- it.
1: Show and tell.
3: Show and tell. And there you go. Hands on, ah.
1: hands on application. There you go. Yes. But can we talk about, for a minute, about? how you get to know your own body, you know, we say that a lot. And I don't know if we're always clear what that actually means. How do you, how does a woman get to know her own body?
0: I think there's uh, two, maybe three ways that I think about. And one is just learning general stuff about how our bodies are made. How did God create our bodies and what are these different places on our bodies what do they do? How do they work? And just some general information about how women are in our arousal, those kinds of general things. Then there's stuff that's specific to our own bodies, and that I think you can explore with your husband, or you can also do some self-exploration so that you can kind of see what feels good, and then you can transfer that knowledge to your husband. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, a lot of husbands would love to have their wives say, honey, let me show you what I learned about myself today.
2: Yes, that would be highly erotic. I, and yeah, speaking of okay. learning, learning your body, I have written several posts about the anatomy of orgasm, which includes all of female gen- genitalia. So I'll put all those links in the show notes.
1: And you did sketches of, of I We did sketches too,
2: too but yeah. they were very tasteful. I remember oh, that.
1: That was very good. You're a good. You're a good artist, Bonnie.
2: Thank you. I like art.
0: <laughs> I think one of the other things is a lot of times um, husbands will will be you know they're maybe very interested in oh okay how do I touch how do you want me to touch your clitoris uh, which is great information and I'm all over the husband touching the clitoris very nicely but I think sometimes what gets lost in there. Is how to touch the rest of my body so that I'm, you know, longing at that point for you to touch the clitoris. You know, how do you, what are the places on my body that are very sensitive that I like for you to touch or kiss? And that kind of information is something that really you can explore. And that would be a great session. Like how long can you sort of stay away from the, you know, what he thinks of as the center of happiness and, uh, and get, you know, everything else kind of mm-hmm. all aroused and revved so that that's very, very ready. Right.
2: Well, there are erogenous zones that go from, like, if the bullseye is your clitoris, there are zones. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Sorry. No, it's, so a, it's an iceberg. A bullseye, it's the iceberg clitoris in the center. But then there's other zones, like, you know, your breasts would be in that. In that next concentric circle, and what else would be in there? Uh, maybe earlobes or
1: thighs, your neck, mm-hmm. and even
0: then like, you know the even farther back. You know, I mean, just things like that that are right. just very, very sensual.
2: So start with things that are the least sensitive and work your way in is what I'm getting at with the bullseye thing. Men men think like that sometimes.
1: And, you know, the clitoris, you, you might need different kinds of touch at different times of the month. You know, what worked yesterday might not do it today. And so, you know, one of the things that I ha- have asked my husband is, how would you like me to communicate with you when I need you to change how you're doing something? I don't want to be in a situation of ah, eh, try again. I don't like that. <laughs> so I've asked my husband what would be best for him. What would be the best way for him to hear a request, which basically amounts to no, please don't do it that way right now. So so we've but we've talked about that outside the bedroom to come up with a, a way of communicating that is respectful and doesn't feel dismissive to him, but also gets the job done for me.
3: I think there's an issue for a lot of women on feeling like they deserve maybe, or maybe that's too strong a word to talk about these things or to ask for these things or to say, here's what I like, or maybe it's just a hesitancy. And I think, You know, I mean, how many, probably everybody at various times has thought, oh, my gosh, this just isn't working for me. I wish he would do so-and-so, but they don't say it. And, I, you know, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's we think we're not deserving or whatever, but I would just encourage any women who feel that way to move beyond that, you know, because you do deserve to have sexual enjoyment in your marriage, and the odds are good that your husband wants to know uh, what would be enjoyable to you? So, but I do think there's a barrier for some women just to start having the conversation.
2: I completely agree with that. I, told, I mean, we sit here and we talk about it like it's nothing because we're used to it and we talk about it a lot. But I remember a time when it wasn't easy for me. And so, listeners, if it's not easy for you to even contemplate any of these suggestions, we completely. But where where I would start is with some prayer, you know, help God reveal to you what, how, when, where, you know, um, what your husband is going to respond to best as you approach the topic. So go ahead, Jay.
0: I think some of the issue is, too, that the language itself is kind of hard for some for women to verbalize. Because if you're putting in, you know, kiss, touch, lick, whatever, and then you're adding the body part. It feels like we're kind of worried. Should we be talking like that or whatever? And I just want to assure you that that's, this is in the privacy of your marriage bed. This is between you two. You need to be able to label your body parts and give some directions to each other. And if that is not comfortable, if you just really are really struggling with words, you can do a lot just nonverbally by kind of moving his hand and saying there or, you know. Over here. Just get it started until you're more comfortable. Or a simple yes when he is doing it right.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there are other forms of nonverbal communication, you know, moaning and purring and whatever. Purring? Purring. (laughs) Yeah, like that. You could do that. (laughs) I guess that's not really a purr. But, you know, there are ways ways to let your husband know when something feels good without using any words at all. (laughs) Meow. <laughs> All right, I think we must be done with this. Okay, question. yeah. Who's, who's next, please?
3: <laughs> Jay, do you have a question for us?
1: Yeah, because this is gonna this is
0: gonna really uh, take the conversation in a great direction. I yeah, this, things
3: aren't going to improve from here on.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, one of our uh, listeners asks uh, says, "Hi, ladies, I'd like to hear you cover the topic of wait for it, queefing." <sniffs> <laughs> she says. I understand what it is and why it happens, but I'm very embarrassed and uncomfortable with it. She goes on to, uh, a little bit more. But basically, that is, uh, it's called all kinds of things. The <laughs> most common is probably it's called a vaginal fart. It is uh, vaginal flatness, vaginal wind. Vaginal flatness is actually the word for it, but it's essentially when air and thus a farting kind of sound comes out of your vagina. And it happens... More often in the middle of sex, so let's take that on, ladies. <laughs> sure. So, what was her? her
2: she just. I, what was the actual point of the question? To know about it or to know how to deal
3: with it when it happens? She was having a problem with it. I think that it was fairly frequent, and she's embarrassed. Okay,
0: really, she's very self-conscious, and um, and so, and it's happened. It's happening more since she. Okay. Had-
2: Wow. So okay. I think I think positions have uh, some bearing on whether it happens more frequently or not. I think um like doggy style. I know we hate that stallion term. Stallion style. Stallion style now or yes. from behind. Yes. Stallion um, style. Yeah, stallion style anything anytime the woman is facing away and upside down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> upside down. I'm, sorry, yeah. I'm trying to
2: picture i'm trying to picture I mean, you know she's, she's, and she's upside down so um
3: so wait anyway you, you're saying is it more than it's, it's more than?
2: frequent when it okay. happens when you're doing it stallion style it's more okay. frequent and i can't remember if there's another position but um that's because part of the reason it happens is you have two ligaments they're really muscles, but they call them round ligaments that are attached from your mom's pubis to the front of your uterus. So when you get excited or aroused, those ropey muscles shorten up and it pulls your uterus forward and the end of your vagina gets bigger like a balloon. They call it tenting or ballooning. And so when when you have all that ballooned area filled with air and when your honey is thrusting in there that air has got to go somewhere and, and a queef happens
0: i think that's interesting because i read some something a little bit different from that i read that uh air can get trapped basically in the folds of your vagina you have something called rugae i think r-u-g-a-e and those are the folds of your vagina that then expand so that you get you know expand for for him to come in and um and when you are when he's thrusting, you're kind of messing with the folds in there, and air can get trapped. But when he's he's in there and everything's expanded,
1: then the air comes out.
2: There could be multiple reasons, maybe. Well, of
1: course. <laughs> I mean, it could be both. Our bodies are going to make a lot of strain, do a lot of strange things when we're having sex, and queefing is one of them. And all of those, you know, sounds and and aromas and all of that. That's just part of the sexual experience that we share just with our husbands. And I understand feeling self-conscious, but I think it's really important to know that those are not the same kinds of things as things that come out the back end. These these are different, and there's really no no need for self-consciousness, even though I understand feeling that way. You don't have to be embarrassed about it. It's part of your body.
0: Well, the if you so the fart out the back end is related to bacteria in the gut, and it uh, sometimes does carry a smell.
2: That's I not true. I those
0: stinky sphincter whistles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was I was trying to give this like really great science. I'm trying to match up to Bonnie's scientific explanation, and that's where I get to. <laughs> so. <laughs> But, but you, but it doesn't have it, but the queefs are odorless and they don't have anything to do with bacteria. They are just air. They're just trapped air. And so, um, and they do happen more often with that. They tend to happen more, um, with women who've had a vaginal delivery of a child, you are more likely to have that. I don't know why, maybe the folds or something, I don't know. But they do know that's a higher incidence among women kind of in reproductive age who have had a vaginal delivery. It oftentimes uh, subsides a bit as you age. Maybe that has to do with the changes in the ligaments or those, those folds. Um, so there may be a time where you experience more of it. They also think it might be related to times of the month. And certainly positions. The other position I heard was they said if, if you really want to minimize them, you could put your legs together inside your husband's legs. And that kind of decreases the the air going in mm-hmm. while he's thrusting. So although, I mean, I don't know, my opinion is you get in whatever position, feels good, and if you queef, you queef. Yeah.
2: And <laughs> pregnancy, too. Pregnancy can increase the likelihood. And if you're queef, does stink and I, in all seriousness go see the doctor because that's not that's, how, how it should be
1: and you don't meet you're not talking about a normal muscle. Not, scent not no no you're just talking a foul something yeah different. yeah i just wanted to be clear about that yeah and this i think the the
3: listener who wrote the question i don't have it in front of me but i think she was this was happening to her she was feeling embarrassed and they hadn't discussed it which just makes it more you know that just like they were ignoring it right they were ignoring it so I would say just bring it up to your husband tell him hey I listened to this podcast and these crazy women were talking about this thing that's happened to us (laughs) kind of explaining what it is and laughing about it and Mm -hmm. bringing it out in the open I think makes it much less embarrassing
0: and, and I have to say, like, I actually looked at some studies on this, and one of the, the studies <laughs> actually said something about, they were trying to correlate things, and it said that it did not affect the sexual function of males when it happened. Was there concern okay. about
3: that? What that
0: means is <laughs> does that... It, does it affect he, the women? He doesn't care. You could queep, and he's still going and having a fine time. So you can just relax... And just be okay with it, because studies say your husband's still fine.
1: It doesn't Um, hurt the penis. No. (laughs) Just in case anybody was worried about that. Okay, maybe you have a question you can ask.
3: Yeah, maybe I have a question I could ask. Okay. This isn't quite as, you know, much fun, but... Uh, A question that I had recently was, how can I relax and enjoy sex when our kids are in the house? I find that to be very difficult.
1: One word, earbuds. And fans
2: in each of their bedrooms. That's how we solved it. We put fans for white noise in everybody's bedrooms so that they hear the whirring of the fan at night. And it really muffles anything else going on.
3: That's a good idea. You could, like, if your kids are young, you could start that very young. So that's just the expectation. Mm -hmm.
0: I think it depends on some of the worry. Like, is the worry that they're going to hear and know that you're having sex? Is the worry that they might come in? Is the worry, like, what, because I think getting erupted is a common concern. Um, You don't want to traumatize your children. Of course, we don't ever want to do something intentionally that, Freaks out our kids, or maybe not too it's, much. It's, but 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 you know what? Having sex, your kids knowing you having your you have sex is okay. And the reality is, I realized that there is a long period of time that they honestly would not know what ha- what's happening. They just don't even have a good context for it. So even if they hear something, they don't know what that is. And so we can be worried that they hear us having sex, but that's not what they're thinking. It's like, well, that's, they're making strange noises, huh? And then in their bedroom, they're making strange noises too. When they go, you know, get their car and make strange noises or this or that, it's not as big a deal. By the time they're teens, earbuds. Yes. And, (laughs) and, and, you know, if if you're worried
2: they're going to walk in on you, lock your door. You don't have to leave it locked all night, but you could lock it for an hour.
0: And if they walk in, they'll only do that once.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. sure. And then you just tell them mommy and, and then daddy are, know, mommy <laughs> are just wrestling.
1: One of my sons told me, and he said that he will never admit it if I mention it again. He did tell me once that although he is embarrassed when he hears that we're having sex, he's glad that we do it. And then he walked away. He couldn't say anymore for a while. But he was having a conversation with some of his friends, and he was a teenager at this point. And he told them, oh, mom, my mom and dad are having sex. It's just so annoying. And his friends all said, you are so lucky. My parents Mm -hmm. don't sleep in the same room or my parents never have any interaction except when it's at the dinner and they're talking about who's doing, who's taking who, where the next day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's embarrassing, but your parents love each other. And so my very own son actually said that, won't ever admit it again, Mm -hmm. but it's better for your kids to know that you have sex than for them to think you don't.
2: Yes. And you're also being a mentor for when they get married. If they know that you're having consistent... Something can, is consistently going on behind that door. I mean, that's that's good for them to know. That's how a healthy marriage um, operates.
0: Yeah, my, my kids, they're you know grown and they have said... We don't want to we don't want to hear specifically anything about it, but but they are they're glad to know what's happening. And I think that we've also set this standard that they understand. Um, I think they're almost more motivated in some ways to wait and then to enjoy the fullness of this within marriage, because they really believe that you can keep this going for 25 years plus. Um, because they've seen it in their parents They've seen that we're still very very Romantically attracted to one another and we still Enjoy intimacy
1: I had a really hard time with this when my kids were little I mean I struggled a lot with that um, Mother versus wife Role I felt like I could only be one And Being my husband's Lover being in bedroom When I was also having my mind On are my kids safe are they okay I really had a hard time with that So you know, one of the things that I did find was helpful is to make sure, you know, just to take the time to make sure all my kids were safe, tucked in, had all the what, you know, had all the drinks that they were going to be allowed to have and just kind of do my mom arounds to reassure myself and that helped me relax so that it was easier to enjoy sex with a locked door.
3: I also think one side of it is we don't want our kids to hear, but for women hearing what the kids are doing can be very distracting. So let's say you're, oh, yeah. you're you know, yeah. your kids are old enough. They don't have to be <clears throat> in bed. You know, maybe they're preteens, they're young, they're teenagers, whatever. They're, so you hearing them as we call it, banging around the house is very distracting, you know? So I think we probably have to do things in our bedrooms, you know, the fan, the music, the,
1: we used to do his, History Channel with lots of guns on. <laughs> <laughs> that wow, was, could be distracting. It yeah. was distracting, but and I then it was all a, of a sudden there were two explosions there were, and, <laughs> it, and everything was fine. That that was it loud enough, and that it covered up the kid noise for me, and it gave me the illusion that they couldn't hear anything either. I don't know if they could or not, but I I couldn't hear them, so it was good. Yeah. So I, I I think that's something
3: too that we need to attend to is what do we need to have in our bedrooms so that we can be focused and enjoying ourselves, not constantly distracted by what the kids are doing.
0: Can I just make a suggestion here? If Okay. Not everybody has options. And I mean, throughout history there have been situations where parents shared an actual room with their kids and they still somehow managed to make love. However, when we moved into our house and we had some options, we put our kids in, a, we, we made a separation between the master bedroom and their bedrooms. Um, so if you have some options of where your kids go and you can have a little bit of space, I think that actually has helped not thinking they're right there. I mean, I, I have a friend who, she said, our bedroom is right beneath our son's bedroom. Cause they have a two story. And she's like, yeah, that can be hard sometimes. Like we have to think about how you can hear. She said, we can hear him up there and he could conceivably hear us.
1: And also think about air conditioning and heating vents. When
0: mm-hmm. you move in
1: somewhere, uh, test, the, put a radio in your bedroom and then go walk around all the house and, and hear where the sound comes through the most and put your kids somewhere else.
0: And that may mean that actually instead of them being in their room, maybe the better time for you to make love is when they're sitting in the living room watching a 30-minute show and you go back and close the door and do whatever. Maybe that's where you won't hear them and they won't hear you. You become a sex ninja.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you should write a blog post with that title. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be good,
3: wouldn't
0: it? Why the sneaky <laughs> sex ninja?
1: Podcast? That's awesome. The sex, the four (laughs) sex ninjas.
0: Podcast. Can can I just also add that uh, we tend to think that it's the wife, mom who has the harder time with this, but I've also heard some women say, I'm so frustrated. He doesn't want to have sex when the kids are in the house.
1: And sometimes it comes from our own past experiences, you know, being traumatized once by seeing our parents or hearing them, but I really believe it's better for your kids to know you have sex than to think that you don't. And honestly, it's only really embarrassing the first couple times. But everybody learns that if you overhear anything, you just don't talk about it and you go on with your normal life and it gets easier.
2: Yeah. So, you know, and it goes back to queefing, too. You got to have a light heart <laughs> I mean, with yeah. queefing and with being found out. Just roll with it. Life is messy. I mean, and sex is literally and figuratively messy. So just, <laughs> yeah, just just I mean, I know you could be embarrassed for a moment, but it's it's really. I mean, you know, um, comparatively, not the worst thing in the world.
1: And the longer you go without having sex with your kids in the house, the harder it becomes to do if you, when you decide, oh, maybe point. we should. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good point.
1: It is harder a little bit when you, the kids are old enough that they know what you're doing, but you just do it and you don't look each other in the eye for a few hours in the morning and you're good. <laughs> our,
2: I know I've told this story before on one of the previous podcasts, but our teenage son knocked on the door as we were mid things, like at, at a really inopportune moment, he knocked on the door and we couldn't even speak. And he, he, he walked away. And then about 20 minutes when my husband and I walked out, they were actually sitting in the living room with their friends watching TV. And when Dave and I walked out, he said, yeah, they, they were doing it. <laughs> That would have been funny. <laughs> no, Oops. but you know, yeah. I said, yeah, you know, I shrugged my shoulders like, yep, we were. So sorry,
3: and, yeah, that's just the way it Sorry, is. not sorry.
2: Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I was like, right. you, um, Chris, I, I, when the kids were little, I had a very hard time shifting from mama to wife. But I like what Gay said when, if you start things early in life, like a fan or radio or whatever, they, um, they come to expect it. And then it's not so weird when you do start it.
3: I had written uh, on my blog this was a while back about the idea of having a parents' night every every one night every single week where you and starting when your kids are young where you do a simple dinner. You either put them to bed if they're young enough, or they go in their rooms to play quietly, and you and your husband go in your room. And not just necessarily to have sex, but you have an evening to yourself. We did not do that when our kids were little, but I wish we had. And I think if people started when their kids were young enough, you could make that. And then that would be a built-in time Mm -hmm. when you could have sex because they're doing their own thing because you've trained them that this is what we do on Thursday nights. We get pizza. You do whatever. If you have homework, you do that, and then you all go to your rooms, and this is our night as adults to be together. Ah!
1: Whose dog is barking?
3: Oh, darn, you can hear them.
0: Sorry. Yes. I have said that one of the best things that my church ever did for my sex life is that they hosted a babysitting co-op every Saturday evening. And, um, and so several couples signed up for this co-op, and we took turns taking care of each other's children. And so you might work one time and get, you know, two, three, four nights off on your own that you dropped off your kids and you got four hours. And the Ooh, kids nice. loved it because they were in this space that where there was a lot of toys and things to do. And they knew they were going to get pizza or um, chicken nuggets or whatever, they got McDonald's nuggets or pizza or whatever, and they loved it. And so it was no hardship to go and drop them off because they were happy to go. And then, you know, sometimes we just went and did a date. Sometimes we went home and made love.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So if that's something that you can find somebody to trade off with, that's another option.
1: Yeah.
0: I think good, I think you should be time. able to have have sex with the kids in the house. But now and then I admit it's nice to to have it without them there.
3: All right. Uh, Bonnie,
2: do you have a question? Yes, I do. Uh, It kind of goes along with Chris's, but how do you discuss with your spouse about yours and his sexual needs and all he'll give you is an answer of, I don't know, or he just remains silent and changes the subject?
1: That's where a lot of times I would use my, you know, approach of talking to my husband outside the bedroom and say, I'd like us to talk about X, when would be a good time for you? And then, you know, so he he never felt like he was on the spot and had to have a response right there that was not really helpful to him. But then he would think about it and he'd say, well, can we talk about it tomorrow? And I'd bring it up again tomorrow. But by then, we both would have had a chance to think about it. Of course, if he'd said, I don't know then, it wouldn't have been helpful. But
0: I think the other thing is, that a lot of times we want to have a conversation and we want to, you know, I'm looking him in the eye and I'm saying, hey, here's where I'm at, and da 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 da, what do you think? And that's always been the, well, mostly been hard times for me to have conversations. I've done way better having conversations shoulder to shoulder with my husband and with my sons, honestly. I think there's something about that for a lot of men, so taking a walk through the neighborhood and, you know, holding hands so you're touching but you're not having to make eye contact can make it easier to talk about uncomfortable situations or when you're driving, when you're in the car together. Something like that. So it just kind of is a little more relaxed situation.
3: I think sometimes if you're the spouse who wants to discuss something difficult and the other spouse doesn't, I think sometimes you have to willing be willing to bring it up a number of times, uh, you know, not in a angry or forceful way, but sometimes, you know, some topics are very uncomfortable for people. And, um, you know, I know there are some things in earlier years in our marriage that I had to bring up the same thing multiple times, and it seemed very frustrating to me but it just took a long time for my husband and I to get on the same page to be able to have that conversation so I think you just have to be willing to pursue it if you're the one who has a concern about it
2: Mm-hmm. yeah I'd suggest you first start by praying about it she doesn't mention whether she's the high drive or low drive um, but pray about it and Ask for God to maybe reveal to you why your husband, outside of a normal conversation with him, ask God to reveal why he is being resistant. Um, You know, I hate to bring up the porn issue, but sometimes that's that's a reason, and he doesn't want to talk about it. Now, that's – I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not – you know – I'm not saying that's definitely what's happening, but, and maybe I shouldn't even bring it up, but I think, I think it's out there and I, I think it's plausible.
0: Uh, well, I think it's legitimate that there could be reasons and there could be a baggage in his background or it could be whatever um, that makes this a, a subject he's just reluctant to talk about.
2: Right. And I
0: do love the, I love the
2: persistence that Gay was talking about. Um, and when you are persistent You want to do it in a gentle way. You don't want to be naggy. You don't want to be whiny. You want to be firm, but gentle.
1: You know, sometimes, depending on what's going on, it might be that, you know, if I want to ask my husband, what is something that you'd like us to do sexually that we've not done before? If he has any concern that I might freak out at his request, he's not really going to want to talk to it. And one of the really... One of the moments when I knew that our sex life had really turned around was when I asked my husband a question and he, that question of what else would you like us to do? And he actually answered it for the first time. It took a long time for him to feel like I was a safe enough person that he could actually say something he wanted. So, you know, I think even just demonstrating that we are loving and respectful and that we don't think less of his sex drive or his sexual preferences that can go a long way in making him more willing to talk.
0: I think also some people just have a hard time discussing these things, but they might have an easier time writing them. (laughs) And so it's possible to even say, hey, let's, you know, I, I like, I mean, I'm working on, (laughs) but we've actually done that in my in my house we've actually emailed each other or texted each other something and gotten you know more and that way the person your spouse has more time to process through it think what they want to say and get back to you um but i mean it just depends on the personality but i think that's a possibility and i know there are also some books out there that maybe you could kind of complete some of this stuff. I'm working out another book myself where you could have some conversations and you can ask each other some questions. You can write down your answers and share your answers and things like that. Just trying to think outside the box.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, one other thing is that I've done because my husband, he's a wonderful guy and he wants me to be happy. He's not the most self-aware kind of guy. So there are a lot of times when I'm thinking, gee, I wonder if this is what he's thinking well if I read a blog post by a man about something related to sexual intimacy, I'll ask, I'll ask him to read it or I'll read it aloud to him and I'll just ask him, "Is this true for you?" And we've had a lot of really helpful conversations that have started with what somebody else has already written because he's not the one have he's not the one having to put it into words. Well, that's it for
3: our listener questions today. We hope you enjoyed these, and we'll be answering more of your questions in future episodes.
0: If you want to leave a question, go onto our website and um, submit a question. And one more thing, I wanted to remind people that we have a GoFundMe button on our website now, and the reason we're doing is that is even though we're obviously close friends, we have never all been in the same room together. <laughs> in fact, uh, I've only met in person one of my Three wonderful podcast partners here. So we're trying to get together this opportunity for us to go get some more education at a ministry conference, and we would love it if you could support us by going to the GoFundMe and just giving whatever you can. Thank you.
2: Today's episode has been sponsored by Agape Love Box, a subscription box service for married couples who want to strengthen their marriage while keeping Christ in the center. Each month, you'll receive a box full of surprise products that are hand-picked. They line up with Agape principles and are Bible-based. They'll strengthen your marriage and add a little spice. Check them out at agapelovebox.com or our show notes on 4 where you can receive a coupon code.
3: Thanks so much for joining us today on Sex Chat for Christian Wives. We encourage you to check out our website at 4 where you can find show notes and links to resources. That's FOR forchristianwivescom Also, if you enjoyed our podcast, please take just a few minutes to leave a review on iTunes so that others can find the show. And tell a friend about us. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to reach out to new listeners. We appreciate you being with us today, and we pray that God blesses you this week as you pursue healthy and holy sexual intimacy in your marriage.